Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beaton, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. So today's topic was suggested to us by Russell, one of our patrons. Thanks very much, Russell. It's all about Jumpstart Historic Horizons. So we've seen some really exciting cards explored in Magic's most recent foray into digital-only design space. And some folks have already been talking about how they wish they could play some of these cool new cards from Historic Horizons in paper. Most of the new cards being released on MTG Arena through Jumpstart Historic Horizons make use of the platform to introduce effects that would be time-consuming, memory-taxing, or impractical in paper magic. So it's, it's kind of a shame to see these fun new effects and then be told you can't play with them in the most popular format, of course, Commander. The, the Commander Rules Committee encourages players to modify the game to suit their playgroup, and the format's philosophy document explicitly states that Commander is designed to be a malleable format and that they encourage groups to use the rules in the ban list as a baseline, uh, and then they encourage players to discuss their goals and how the rules might be adjusted to suit those goals. So in this episode, we're going to assume that you've talked with your playgroup and gotten their approval to proxy some of these digital-only cards and run them in your Commander decks. Um, with that as our starting point, we're going to be talking about which of these new cards are worth running in Commander and how to best shortcut the logistical issues that arise from translating digital designs to a paper environment. But before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commandertheory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. With that, I want to start this discussion by uh, talking about a few digital-only designs that you should probably not try to play in Commander. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there's definitely a reason some of these are digital-only. Um, they didn't go as wild and crazy as they could have this time around, but they did make it pretty hard to play with some of the cards in paper. Yeah, and... and some of them are also just like not super fun in Paper yeah. Commander. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll start off by talking about uh, Davriel Soulbroker and Davriel's Withering. Um, so Davriel's Withering is a single black mana for an instant. Target creature perpetually gets minus one, minus two. And perpetually means that uh, this effect is tracked in all zones. So you target it while it's on the battlefield, and then it goes to the graveyard. It still has that debuff on it. Or if you do it on a commander and it goes to the command zone, it still has a debuff on it. Uh, so if, if, for example, you were to Davriel's Withering a two-toughness commander, then you know as soon as they try to cast it again, it will just immediately die because its toughness is now zero. Uh, and then similarly, there's Davriel Soulbroker, which is two black-black for a four-loyalty legendary planeswalker Davriel. Plus one until your next turn. Uh, whenever an opponent attacks you and or planeswalkers you control, they discard a card. If they can't, they sacrifice an attacking creature. Minus two, accept one of Davriel's offers, then accept one of Davriel's conditions. We'll get into that later. <laughs> uh, and then minus three, target creature perpetually gets minus three, minus three. So both of these cards, both Davriel, Soulbroker, and his Withering, um, have been banned by wizards in Historic Brawl, which is kind of the, the closest analog to Commander that you can get on Arena. And their, their reasoning was some perpetual effects can basically shut down an opponent's commander. Locking out a commander is why meddling mage and sorceress spyglass are banned in Brawl. So we're taking a similar approach with some perpetual cards. So both of these cards are banned in Brawl. And given that they are kind of unfun and like lock your opponent's commanders out, 
I would recommend not trying to make these work in paper. Yeah, it's really they're digital only because of the tracking issues, but it's actually like a pretty hefty tracking issue. It's like you probably shouldn't like paper clip a sticky note to a card, you know, or or whatever you're gonna do to track that a creature got minus one, minus two, or to track that you can never really cast your commander again mm-hmm. <laughs> with Davriel or something like that. So yeah, it's it's asking a lot of the table. Yeah, like this whole episode is sort of about rule zeroing and like, you know, working with your playgroup to allow you to do more fun things. And I, I think that like a lot of the other cards we're talking about will net increase the fun at the table. And I think that these two will probably net decrease the mm-hmm. fun at the table. So if you want to do more rule zero experiments in the future, maybe don't try to get them to convince <laughs> you to perpetually kill their commander. Although if you do, like let's say you do play Davriel in, in paper with your friends, please, please, please show me how you set up the minus two. I would love to see your like little uh, cups with the terms and conditions. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the offers and conditions. Like how did, how, did you write them down on paper? Do you just use a random number generator and like assign them all number. <laughs> so that would be uh, something I'm interested in if you do do this, but uh, I would recommend you don't. Yeah. Uh, all right. Moving on to the cards, we actually do recommend playing in some form. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll start with Boneyard Aberration. This is four and a black for a three, three creature skeleton dog. And when it dies, exile it. If you do, conjure three reassembling skeleton cards into your graveyard. So conjure essentially means um, create a physical card in whatever zone it tells you to conjure something into. So there are cards that are conjuring onto the battlefield. There are cards that conjure into your hand. And in this case, you're conjuring into your graveyard. And it's worth noting that when you conjure something, it's treated as if it's any other card. So you can then have the unlike a token like a conjured card can change zones and will res- will still like retain its cardness. So if you conjure these reassembling skeletons in your graveyard, you can activate them, get them onto the battlefield. If they get bounced to your hand later, that's totally fine. So I guess let's talk a little bit about where we might play Boneyard Aberration and then how you would go about making conjure work in paper. Mhm. Um so where do you think you'd play this guy? So First off, I love reassembling skeleton and having multiple of them is an interesting thing that uh, a few commanders in particular that like having sack fodder would like. So if you want a ton of sack fodder, those decks kind of say so in the name. So I'm thinking like Bantu, which has a activated ability that that sack a creature to uh, is it scry and draw? Is that what it is? Uh, It's just draw. It's just draw. Yeah. So God Eternal Bond 2 is you sack a creature to draw a card. Uh, Whisper Blood Liturgist is a 4-mana 2-2 that you can tap and sack two creatures to reanimate a creature. So if you have multiple reassembling skeletons in the yard, that's um, that's pretty good. That's some, some good reusable sack fodder to get back the things that you actually care about. Mm-hmm. Similarly, Torgar likes to have multiple things on the battlefield to sacrifice and all in the same note, like Ecstasy's Blood Avatar kind of functions the same way. Um, so Torgar is from Dominaria. It's six black black, and 
For a 7-6 legendary avatar, when it enters the battlefield up to one target, player's life total becomes half their starting life total rounded down. And as an additional cost to cast this spell, you may sacrifice any number of creatures. The spell costs two less to cast for each creature sacrificed this way. So if you have multiple skellies out, that'll make it really easy to get Torgard down cheaply. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Extus, his uh, back half is Awaken the Blood Avatar. And as initial cost to cast that spell, you can sacrifice any number of creature. That spell costs two less to cast for each creature sacrificed this way. So uh, any any commander that wants to sacrifice multiple creatures at once rather than sequentially, is it's worth considering Boneyard guy for the um for those kinds of decks Mm -hmm. and this is one of those cards where like the issue is like pretty easy to track you like have some well i guess that's actually what we're gonna talk about right now (laughs) right (laughs) so how how would you play this card in paper so i I think if you have reassembling skeletons ready in like sleeves of a different color from the rest of your deck then that should do it just keep Mm -hmm. them with your tokens and then pop them into your graveyard when you're ready, and then you can easily separate them out at the end of the game. But that's probably the way to do it. Yeah, I agree. I think this one's a pretty easy solve. Like, yeah, different colored sleeves, clear sleeves. I use clear sleeves for my tokens a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. It also lets me, like, put two tokens in the same sleeve. So, like, maybe I have a goblin on one side that I use often, and, like, uh, Eldrazi Scion that I use very infrequently in the deck. I'll put those two in the same sleeve. That way... Like, if I need them, they're both there. It takes up less space. You could just kind of have fun with the reassembling skeletons and and uh, make it make it customized to your needs. <laughs> Which, I think, gets us to the next card, if we want to talk about that guy. Sure. Uh, this is Sarkhan Wanderer to Shiv. It is three and a red for a four loyalty legendary planeswalker Sarkhan. Plus one, dragon cards in your hand perpetually gain. This spell costs one less to cast. And you may pay X rather than pay this spell's mana cost, where X is its mana value. Zero, conjure a Shivan Dragon card into your hand. Minus two, Sarkhan Wanderer to Shiv deals three damage to target creature. I guess let's talk about how we might use this card. Um, I think that its cost reduction doesn't compare very favorably to similar tribal cost reduction effects like versus incubator or dragon speaker shaman and notably it's not going to help you uh, cast your commander in a dragon tribal deck because it only affects cards in your hand but mm-hmm. the on, on the other hand like the perpetual nature of his ability could be more valuable in a metagame with lots of interaction where like a shaman or incubator wouldn't be likely to survive a round of turns whereas sarkhan kind of gets you that immediate value and even if he dies immediately afterwards like you've still gotten something out of it and then also like sarkhan seems like a particularly good choice for a tiamat list since you're guaranteed to have a ton of dragons in your hand to that are that you can reduce the cost of so like the net effect on your mana is going to be really high uh do you have any other thoughts on sarkhan and and if not like how would you play sarkhan in paper because there's a couple things going on here yeah i think like one of the big things with sarkhan is like proving (laughs) like that this dragon is the one that's had the cost reduced by that plus one uh some amount of times uh i think this is a really cool card i hope that like story wise sarkin went to shiv Mm -hmm. like that actually would be really cool and interesting to see like in actual paper cards um 
So I guess we'll see if that actually is a canonical thing, or this is just like another fun, wacky, historic card. I kind of mentioned this with the last card, like or, or with Davriel, like not to do. But here, I think something that you could do is get little, like bits of paper that have the basically cost reduction written out slip them into the sleeve with whatever card so like you'll have to reveal like how many cards in your hand are getting the cost reduction <laughs> <laughs> but um when you play them it, it kind of will make sure that you prove to people that uh yes this is the dragon that i put in you saw me put three slips of paper into this sleeve with it so if you're you're comfortable with that uh then you're probably also comfortable playing with these cards in general and um i think that's a pretty good way to go about it and then the same with the shivan dragons is just like just put them in a different sleeve you know mm-hmm. like just just uh keep them with your tokens yeah keep them with the tokens and uh i think if you can do then this is going to be a pretty fun and easy card to play with because a card that makes gas late game period as much as you want even if it is a shivan dragon it's still like a free relevant card every turn it's pretty good mm-hmm. uh, all right moving on to a card that seems uh kind of uh, yeah. this is probably like the most annoying one to make it work in paper um I, this is to be fair though this is one of the cards that i have wanted like to exist in real life for many many years now and uh or something like this so mm-hmm. do you, I, you should you should read it off because i'm excited Okay, uh, this is Sarkin Scorn. It is two and a red for an instant. Sarkin Scorn deals damage equal to the number of turns you have begun to target creature or planeswalker. And to me, this looks like one of the better red spot removal spells. Um, mm. l- like it's really, uh, by the time you cast it, okay, three damage is not really worth writing home about. Neither is four damage, but like five damage, three mana for five damage actually pretty solid like i'm still high on soul seer so i think that turn five or later this is actually like a respectable removal spell but i gotta say like tracking the number of turns isn't something that like naturally occurs in magic and at, like yeah yeah you can count land drops but if you ramp or if you miss a land drop then it throws that off and the the idea that like you have to track your turns from turn one like every single game mm-hmm. on the off chance you draw Sark and Scorn turns me off a little bit that seems like a little bit busy worky to me but what what are your thoughts on this card? I guess I agree you know I, I think that the upside is so big that like I'll play with cards that uh, Graveyard Order matters cards every now and then like a Corpse Dance or a Bone Dancer or things like that and I do have to say, like, hey, I'm doing this. Don't, I'm not going to rearrange my, my graveyard. Like, I hope, like, please don't do the same. Like, blah blah blah, whatever it is. That's usually something people are amenable to. I could see this one being a pain for some people, but again, I think it's just like one of the better, like, card draw removal spells that we've gotten in red. It like actually, mm-hmm. like, kills things. Yeah, kills relevantly. Big boys. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think you're, I mean, you're definitely right. It is a pain in the butt to track, but I think it's not so much of a pain in the butt that 
it's not worth playing. Like I said, I, I wish that something like this existed in an actual Black Border real life. I don't know what to say. It's, <laughs> I don't know how to mention these cards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is definitely like a your mileage may vary thing. Like I definitely think I, I totally agree with you that this is one of the best red spot removal spells. And it's kind of just up to the listener whether they want to go through the work of um, making it uh, making it happen in their deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so next we've got two cards. I'm just going to read these out sequen- sequentially and then we'll discuss them both because they kind of both fit into the same area of the game. Um, so they are Frailize Sky Shroud Partisan, which is one green green for a four loyalty legendary planeswalker Frailize, plus one untap up to one target elf. That elf and a random elf creature card in your hand perpetually get plus one plus one, minus one seek an elf card, and minus six conjure a regal force card onto the battlefield. So seek really quickly is uh, basically you randomly get a card from your library of the chosen quality uh, into your hand. And typically that means no revealing and no shuffling or at least that, that's what it means in a digital format. We'll talk about how we can uh, kind of make that work in paper in just a moment. And then the other card I want to talk about is Sky Shroud Lookout, which is one in a green for a 1-1 creature elf archer with reach. And when it enters the battlefield, seek an elf card. So I think that Freyle's, um, Freyle's, however you want to pronounce it, works well in like a Marwyn the Nurturer deck. It's essentially just like a ritual in that list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because Marwyn, you know, her power naturally goes grows pretty quickly. Uh, Freylize comes down for three, untaps her, makes her bigger. So the next time she taps will be for even more. And then just like seeking an elf card, there's going to be plenty elves in a Marwyn deck. And a Regal Force is going to be useful in that list as well. So all of these modes look good in, in Marwyn. And I think that's a perfect place for it. And then Sky Shroud Lookout, I think more broadly could kind of just go into any elf deck like it just seems like a better elvish visionary to me it just mm-hmm. ensures that you will draw gas and elvish visionary sees a ton of play it's in like 13,000 decks on EDH rec so i th- i think that both of these cards definitely have a place in commander but seeking is you know we got to do a little bit of a work to make this viable in paper mm-hmm. so so how would you go about seeking in paper yeah so actually this is one you came up with a good idea for so in digital it just like knows what cards in your deck picks one for you you don't have to look so it doesn't have to shuffle it's pretty quick uh there's one or yeah i would say one step more in uh paper but it's actually not that hard as long as your playgroup is okay with it to to go through with this method it's basically you flip cards from the bottom of your library until you hit an elf, and that's the elf that you get. So you do have to like show it to your opponents, which is uh, a downside compared mm-hmm. to digital, but like you know, whatever. It's a card with gas. And then you just shuffle the cards that you revealed, put them back on the bottom in that random order, and you're all good. You didn't mess causally with the top part of your deck. You didn't really get in the way of anything. You're not like milling or doing anything crazy. So seems like a pretty easy fix a pretty easy way to step in and and seek in your uh, commander decks if that's something that you want to do yeah and i would say like sort of give your playgroup the choice of how you're going to randomize afterwards because there's some situations where like you know if you just 
put the revealed cards back in a in a random order you are going to have some information that you didn't have before you're going to know like where certain cards are in your library so if your playgroup prefers they can just have you shuffle your entire library instead of course like shuffling can sometimes be a benefit so i would just say like let your playgroup decide and whatever is the of least benefit to you you would just do that because it is going to be corner cases when the benefit is like that much more mm-hmm. you know but it still might be a thing and you might have opponents who aren't super into that so can we get into this last card yes so this one's pretty cool so i, I guess i'll read this one off this is called faceless agent it is a colorless 2-1 shapeshifter for a three generic it has changeling so it is all creature types all the time and when faceless agent enters the battlefield seek a creature card of the most prevalent creature type in your library so do you want to get into this guy so this seems i mean as with all like cheap changelings it seems fantastic in tribal builds that just care about having bodies of the appropriate type i think it makes a lot of sense to play this like in a Nunesh deck in like a rin and seri deck or a reaper king deck uh, cuz it's just like It'll get you your your Unesh trigger, your Rin and Seri triggers, your Reaper King trigger, and will get more gas for you that so you can get even more triggers after that. So it seems very, very good. This is the card I'm most sad that I that just won't be printed in paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna maybe see if my playgroup will let me run this, because I have like a changeling deck and this card just seems awesome to me. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about how to play this in paper because this is <laughs> by far the most difficult one to make happen I, i'll say like and this is kind of true for all of these cards that you're rule zeroing in like you want to like your playgroup is kind of doing you a favor by allowing you to play whatever cards so you want to make the process as easy and and painless for them and like least uh annoying as you possibly can so don't try to play faceless agent outside of a tribal deck. Like if yeah. there are multiple contenders for like the most prevalent creature type in your deck, it's going to be super annoying if you have to take like 5 minutes to resolve this by like looking at your hand, looking at your graveyard, counting up like, "Oh, I've got 5 humans in my deck, but I've drawn 2 of them, but I have 4 wizards, uh but some of them are also humans." Like, no, 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 no. No, if you have to like count up the the cards you've drawn so far and like subtract them from your deck list and, and don't 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 do that uh only play this in a tribal deck and as long as there's no question about what the most common tribe is in your deck uh, all you have to do is just kind of do the same thing we're talking about for frail eyes and that elf just flip cards from the bottom of your library until you hit a member of the tribe then put the rest back in a random order or if your playgroup prefers you can shuffle instead but this one has probably the most restrictions on where you can run it because of how annoying it could potentially be yeah definitely and that's not to say because this is the last card we're going to explicitly talk about today but that's not to say that there are cards that we we didn't talk about that uh you could possibly play um i know one that we're not really going to talk about there's benelish partisan which is like a cycling uh card that like could conceivably see play in like a cycling list. Like that's it's not so complicated or crazy that you couldn't play it, but just like the perpetual stuff, the tracking issues, as long as you can figure out a good way to like delineate that with your playgroup, as long as you can like make sure everyone is like feeling happy about what's going on, mm-hmm. then I feel like giving these cards a shot is cool and fun and good. 
and you have my support if that's something that you want to try. Yeah, absolutely. And while we're on the topic of Jumpstart Historic Horizons, you know, this comes at a time when, uh, or this is coming out probably by the time you're listening to this, it's already out. And it, with it, uh, it comes like a massive shakeup to the brawl, the, to the historic brawl format. Historic brawl is going to be just a regular queue for an entire month. And if it's successful, if a lot of people play it, then it's going to be a full-time thing, just a, a regular queue, just like brawl that you can hop into whenever you want. So I encourage everyone listening to this to give Historic Brawl a try. Uh, it's been upgraded, so it's permanently like 100 card singleton. So it's it's really the closest analog to Commander on Arena. And if you, you like Commander and just want to jam some 1v1 fun games, please, please check it out. The more successful it is, the longer it'll stick around. And um, we're actually going to be having an episode in a couple weeks where we talk about sort of the ramifications of all these new cards coming into the format and sort of what the post-Historic Horizons metagame looks like for Historic Brawl. So keep an eye out for that. Please check it out. And uh, thank you all for listening. I want to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Rick, Raphael, Laser, Charlotte, Hannah, Andy, Dylan, James, Logan, Roger, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jamie, Matthew, Jason, Kyle, Brandon, Kevin, Kaidel, Jeremy, Russell, Dylan, Leo, John, John, Tom, Micah, Troy, Roxanne, Charles, Daniel, Ellie, Leon, Jason, and Kyle. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. It's Zach. So this is a bonus episode, and this is a bonus little thing of mine I'm going to do. I normally don't talk about this on the show, but I am in a band, and we just released some new music. So my band is called The Have Nots, spelled like astronauts, H-A-V-N-A-U-T-S. We wear pink. We play happy songs about sad things. It's like punk rock. Um, so we just released a, an AB side. It's on Spotify. You can check us out. And in fact, it would make me very happy if you checked us out. We even just released a like at home music video for it, which looks pretty good for being an at home music video. So that's it. Just giving a shout out to that here at the end of this bonus episode. You don't have to check it out, but if you do, it'd make me very happy. If you do check it out, let me know what you think. Thank you all for listening to this episode. Uh, thank you all if you choose to check out my songs and other stuff I do when I'm not doing podcast stuff and I hope you have a good day bye if any of you theorists want to get in touch with us I am at commander theory on twitter and tumblr and Zach is at fat Bartleby on twitter our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy and you can check them out on SoundCloud until next time we're going back to the drawing board